When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Wasted days and wasted nights have I found myself. Did I do all right? Hello and welcome to Out of the Dark Storytelling. This is both a podcast and a live YouTube show. So, podcast listeners, please welcome to your ears... Your host, Jill Welsh. Oh, hey! Hi, everyone. Oh, thank you so much for coming out to uh, Out of the Dark Storytelling tonight. Uh, we're coming to you live from Toronto, so feel free to let us know in the chats uh, where you're coming from. Uh, we have an incredible story tonight. Uh, so many stories based on uh, things that scared us as kids, things that go bump in the night, and uh, yeah. I'm your host, Julian Welsh, and uh, the guy you heard, that like the voice of God sort of thing, that's uh, Connor Lowe. Connor, you want to come out here, bud? How's it going? <laughs> hey, good. How are you? I'm doing good. I made my yeah. room uh, dark because uh, nice. of the yeah. show. Yeah, Usually like it's a lot brighter gone. than this. <laughs> oh, you're you're looking like great. You're doing great. Hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, did you, um, in like, Planning for the show, did you come across like any little uh, <laughs> memories kicking around there of like something that scared you when you were a kid, pal? You asked me this earlier and I was like, I don't know. And then <laughs> I uh, like it just hit me that as a kid, I never wanted to have twins as kids. I, I, I was afraid of having twins, uh, like not not to be like, oh, no, one yeah. will be evil and, and murder me. <laughs> it was like. I'm going to mix them up once and they'll never forgive me. Oh, it's so like having twins as kids, not having twins as friends or having oh, no, all, no, no. all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> well, my mom's a twin and apparently it skips a generation. So I'm screwed. Oh, no. Tell you what, <laughs> not, not only a fear as a kid, yeah. also a fear as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Double the expenditure. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oh. Man, babies. Uh, when I was a kid, this is like this is like loosely related, but it reminds me of because um, I was thinking about things that scared me, like The Exorcist, and just that girl when she like sprays that like green uh, liquid. So gross. But when I was little, uh, I used to hate green baby food, like the green bean baby food, and uh, my parents would give it to me, and I like my whole body would like shiver, and I'd make this horrible face, and. Instead of stop giving me the baby food, they just uh, <laughs> have all their friends over and be like, look what the baby does. <laughs> just kept feeding it to me. Uh, thus began my trust issues in my comedy career. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, when I saw the uh, exorcist, I was like, girl, I get it. I totally get it. I had such yeah. a visceral reaction to that. And also the same reason, <laughs> never seen the exorcist. I don't like to be scared. And I was oh. like anticipating like, oh no. The green beans are going to be haunted. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Speaking of haunted, though, uh, our first storyteller, uh, they are absolutely incredible. I am, oh, yeah, thanks, Scotter. But I am uh, so, like, stunned. The first time I saw them tell a story was actually their first time telling a story, which is, like, they're a complete rock star. So 
<laughs> They're amazing. Uh, a fun fact about them is they actually learned English from watching television and movies. Please give it up in the chat for the incredible Meha Mohammed. Yeah! Hi, everybody. It's nice to see you. I'm going live from Hamilton. And I'll just start in. So I'm 10 years old and I'm standing at the front door with my parents. And we just moved into a new house. And they're getting ready, putting on their coats to go out to a mosque. Um, and my parents are immigrants. They came from Iran and Iraq. And I was born a few years after they came to Canada. So a lot of things I had to do for them. Um, you know, they didn't know English, so I had to translate a lot for them. My dad was a very thrifty guy. He'd even try to get a deal at the like grocery store. And I'd be there like translating for him, being a spokesperson. My mom was very quiet and reserved. Um, so my friend's over, Zainab, and she looks at me while they're still there. And she's like, I have something. Um, and I know that means like when they've left the house. My siblings are much older. They're out of the house now. Um, and once they've gone, uh, everybody's gone. She pulls out this, the DVD of the movie It. And now this is the old school It. Um, and I was super excited to see it because I had seen it once before at my mom's friend's house. She had seen like a clown on the cover of a, of a movie and she was like, it's perfect. This is for kids, right? Um, probably appropriate for children. Um, so I was really excited to see it again and just like have the freedom of watching it fully. And I was lucky because like Jill said, I, I did learning this from television. So I had a lot of freedom when it came to TV. Things that were completely inappropriate for 10 year olds I would watch. Um, so we start up the movie, we, we go downstairs, we head into the basement, we turn on one little light at the top of the stairs and a little stovetop light. Uh, and then we go down the stairs that just in case we need snacks, we could still go up and like, wouldn't be too scared. And we set up the movie on the DVD player and it starts and it's pretty tame, you know, in the beginnings of your movies, it's not that bad. And then we reach the part where we're at the sheet and the sheet goes up and there's a little girl on a tricycle and the sheet goes down and then the sheet goes up again and then there's a clown. And then we both feel like we hear something. And I stop the movie and we look at each other. Now I'm 10 and she's nine. So obviously, you know, I'm the boss. I'm in charge here. And we're looking at each other like, did something happen? I'm not sure. And then I'm about to go start up the movie again. And without a shadow of a doubt, we hear a swish and a slam. And it's for sure somebody closing a door. And so right away, heart's beating. I tell her, we're going to the closet. We turn off the movie. We turn off the lights. We're in the closet that's right at the end of the stairs. And I'm just, my heart is beating so fast and I can like feel the sweat in my body and all these things are racing through my head. You know, what was that? That was for sure, for like for sure something. Like I'm looking at her and I was like, you heard that? Like that was something. We're not crazy. And I'm thinking about people at school and how they said, you know, you live in a murder house. And I'm thinking they were messing with me. This wasn't that. 
And I'm thinking about how, you know, I've always wanted to be on TV, but not like this, you know, and I'm the first Canadian in my family and I have to save the family and, and all these things come up in my head. <laughs> and, and so I look at her and I say, you know, we just, we can't stay here. We're sitting ducks. We have to go and we have to check it out. And she looks at me, are you crazy? I, I'm not going out there. You can go out there and then come back and get me. And I tell her, in my head, I have enough confidence to, to go out there, but not enough confidence to do this by myself. So I tell her, don't worry. Get weapons. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. So I reach around in the dark and I find a badminton racket and a pencil for jabbing. Of course. And I tell her, which one do you want? And she's like, nope, well, it's all you. Okay. All right. So I have my weapons in my hand and I'm walking out and she's gripping on me for dear life. One hand under my armpit, one hand on my shoulder. We're headed to the stairs. The stairs are like an L shape, the wall and you can't see behind it. And all the TV that I've watched and all the movies have told me there's probably somebody behind the wall. So I'm getting ready. And I creep up the stairs and I do a swing. We both kind of fall over as I swing around the corner. And it's like a thump, but not a loud thump. So we get up and we continue up the stairs. And I'm at the end of the stairs and it's an older house. So I creak open the door a little bit. And, and I'm listening. Because I figure if somebody hears like the door open, come towards the sound. And nothing. So then we get up and we systematically like go through each room, turning on all the lights. And every time we like get to a room, we swing and jab. Well, I swing and jab. And she stands behind me gripping. And we've gone through the whole house now and now all the lights are on. And we're just sitting there in the living room. We've gone down to the living room and we're just looking at each other and we're talking about it. Nothing happened, sure. And I'm thinking about the kids at school and I tell her and then she tells me, why didn't you tell me this before I came over? I wouldn't have came over if I had known. And I tell her, no, I'm sure it's fine. Like it was nothing. It was nothing. We heard a sound, but it could have been anything. We don't know. And then we hear the door open and I know for it's my dad because as soon as he walks in, he sighs. And then my mom come, follows him and she says, salam, because that's what Muslims say when they enter a house even if it's empty. And for a moment, I just feel relieved because oh, I'm not the boss anymore. And we run up to them and Zane was behind me and I'm telling them, I think there was somebody in the house. Like the door opened while we were downstairs and we heard it and we made sure everything was okay. And they're just looking at me red in the face. And they, my dad looks down at the badminton racket and the pencil and he said, what were you planning on doing? And I was like, how's it going to protect us? And he's like, but with the pencil? And for jabbing. <laughs> and then, you know, they say, you know, Zainab's parents, out Zainab's parents are outside. You know, she would probably go. And I hug her and I was like, everything's good. We made it. And my parents tell us, you know, that wasn't, that wasn't anybody that was your dad. Somebody took his shoes at the mosque. So he came back and got slippers. And I'm looking to my mom and I tell her, because she like 
makes him credible, obviously. So I look at him. That really happened? Is he messing with me? Is he just trying to calm me down? She goes, no, that really happened. And Zainab leaves and my mom makes a big meal just to calm me down. And then my dad comes in and gives me a hug and he says, the light, why are all lights on? Go turn them off. Electricity is expensive. <laughs> and that's my story. <laughs> Oh, yeah, give it up in the chat for Neha Mohammed. Oh, man. Uh, also, what an iconic uh, movie it is. Uh, and uh, so relatable. I uh, feel like I leave the lights on all the time, and my partner is constantly, <laughs> I couldn't hear a chuckle over there, uh, constantly telling me to uh, turn off the lights. Uh, that was so lovely. Thank you again, Neha. Uh, I also feel like I have to, uh, <laughs> retract a statement of like, I, I do want to let you know that my parents did, you know, eventually stop feeding me the green baby food. My mom, uh, switched and gave me carrot baby food, uh, <laughs> so much so that she actually turned me, uh, orange because I didn't like the green baby food. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> turned a whole baby orange. She was a teenage mom and, uh, rocking it out. And took me to emerge, and the uh, she's like, "What's wrong with my baby? My baby is um, orange." I was like, "You have to feed her something other than uh, carrot baby food." So she fed me uh, shrimp and root beer, and we ended up back at emerge. <laughs> so, sorry. Ah, childhood. Uh, but our next storyteller uh, is so funny. Uh, they are a writer, they are a performer, they are a comedian, there is uh, pretty much like nothing that they don't do. Uh, they are currently doing a master's degree right now and they are coming to us from Scotland. So it's like ah, 1.30 in the morning there. Uh, <laughs> but there's no delay. I mean, there is a bit of delay time. What a construct. Uh, but please give it up in the chat for the incredible Katie Hammer. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jill. Yeah, it's uh, it's now 2.15 a.m. Um, so I just need the full bragging rights of staying up late. So uh, to begin, I was a child ripe for frights. Like I grew up in a century old stone farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, and my first real job was mowing the neighboring church's lawn. That's right. I was a person who trimmed the grass around the gravestones and drove the mower over loved ones' final resting places. At first it was intimidating, but then it's one of those things that you do so often you lose track of the seriousness of it. Just to paint the picture, um, a small 10-year-old hyperactive child wielding a trimmer going so fast it can cut pants, I would know, getting in close to each and every gravestone, some with my own last name on them. It was a small local church and my family never traveled. I mowed that lawn for years, becoming accustomed to zooming around on a red-seated machine, Christina Aguilera's genie in a bottle absolutely ripping through my disc man. Looking back, it's funny how all it takes is a little perspective change and something so serious can become nothing at all. My second job was opening the church every Sunday. A theme appears. I was applauded for how fast it could be done. But really, it's because when I was nine, I played hide-and-go-seek in the church during a sleepover with my youth group. I don't know how I got away with this. When I told my grandma afterwards, she said I disrespected Jesus, 
which is weird because one of the players was the Holy Ghost. Like he won every time. We couldn't find him. It just felt like God showing off. Home court advantage. So I knew the church spirits were coming for my soul. Constant vigilance. Also, I had a voracious appetite for books, meaning my mom ran out of things for me to read. So I would end up reading years above my level. And things that I didn't really understand got stuck in my head. There exists a series of classic anthologies called Chicken Soup for the Soul. Um, hundreds of these things filled with stories from people around the world. And they got specific. I remember I was working my way through Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul when I first heard about suicide and I became fixated, terrified that a suicide would come get me at any time. I didn't want to think about it, which means I couldn't stop. That paired with the only interesting daytime TV on our five channels was a program called Ghosts of Canada. And having three brothers who liked to mess with me, like I said, I was primed for fear. And the anxious, anxious thoughts came rolling in. So every night before bed, I'd lie awake imagining all of the witches and spirits and ghosts coming into my room. And they were there for one reason and one reason only. Me. It was a mix of the witches wanting to steal me whole, ghosts wanting to take over my body like some sort of premature being John Malkovich, and ghouls trying to whisper sweet nothings and praise into my ear. Even then, taking a compliment was among my worst fears. Mature from my age, I understood what needed to be done arbitrary rules to bring order to this chaotic and terrifying world. So I had things I would do. Put the blanket over my whole head with just a small gap to breathe out of. Put my pillow at a 90 degree angle and have my neck problems for the rest of my life. Slap my knee twice and whisper the lyrics of Christina Aguilar's hit Genie in a Bottle. Normal, traditional sleep time things. The most important part was to convince the spirits that I was asleep. I don't know why because it really feels like sleeping would be the best time to steal a soul, but I was only, but it was only when I was awake that I was in danger. Like the witches were watching going, do you think, do you think she's awake? I don't know. She's pretty still. Oh no. Now hear that? That's an even deep breathing pattern. Pack up everyone. The girl's asleep. We'll try again tomorrow. Like <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even tell anyone. Honestly, I don't know why. It seems weird not to have asked for help when I thought I might die every single night. I guess I thought it would make the ghosts mad. Plus, uh, everything seems small and all right in the daylight. That is, until there started to be a void. And the more I try and explain it, the more you'll realize the only word you needed was void. It was a black circle in a corner, high up, joining the ceiling. Oh my gosh, sorry. Oh, I know what's happening. I'm sorry, sorry. An alarm was going off to tell me to not be asleep right now. Um, so <laughs> it was a, in a corner, devoid of light, devoid of reason, and had a slight humming noise to it. So clearly, it was a portal to hell. And the rules had to be amped up because of this. Okay, no more breathing hole in the blanket cover. Okay, all pillow privileges have been revoked. Christina, my girl, you can stay. We're all genies in bottles, okay? The genie was inside of us the whole time. I want to add, as much as I lived in a state of fear, I also felt very special. Like, out of every child out there with, I'm assuming, some pretty great souls, the void, like, chose me. I'm flattered. I, I bring the void cookies, juice. I 
started to consider trading my soul into eternal damnation because I didn't want to like seem ungrateful for this void's attention. One night, the void is at its peak. My mom is vacuuming at an absurd hour. I'm already in bed, reading as late as I can without getting in trouble so I can fall asleep faster and make it to the dawn. And she comes, pulling the vacuum cleaner down the hall and dares to enter my extremely messy room. She's about to tell me off for not having a single inch of visible floor space when she spots it. The void. Quick, just a quick side note. Vacuums, God, I hate them. I find them so annoying because it's never a nice single note, like some yogic chanting, but a single note yelled by a needy child. And I want to give in and buy them Dairy Queen. I'd, I'd fill the car with blizzards. I, I'm just wondering if they can be multiple notes, you know, like, I don't know, an A, throw, an, throw a G in there, a song. I want my vacuum to be music while cleaning, maybe Evanescence, perhaps a Dua Lipa. I don't know. I'm just, just like throwing ideas. Could my lady C. Aguilera with her standout classic Genie in a Bottle be ripping through my vacuum? I'd like cleaning more. I also want to note, I, I never realized my obsession with Christina or her work until I started writing this. Something repressed just like unlocked itself and um, I've never felt more queer, so... Okay, so my mom is there, Ghostbuster style, vacuum in a hand, and in that moment I feel afraid, embarrassed, a sense kind of of loss. She asks me what it is, why I didn't say anything, and I sit there unable to answer, say anything at all. She looks closer at the pulsating Stranger Things portal to the upside down, and she looks back at me, her eyes furrowed, confusion in her voice as she says, it's flies. That's right hundreds of flies. And I've Googled why flies might group together in one place like that. And it's usually because there's rotting meat. Um, I ended up eating the voids like cookies. So that wasn't it. There shouldn't be meat cookies anyway. Those are just hamburgers. Um, it has connotations of death, evil, and dark magic. Hello, now we're talking. And lastly, it's a common thing done by cluster flies. Usually they do it outside, but hey, we all need a little luxury in our lives. So Unfortunately, I think the latter is the truth. My mom, my personal Bill Murray in a beige jumpsuit, then sucks up all of the flies, but kind of fun for them, uh, leaving only their remnants behind, which I, I wish I could remember the sound of hundreds of <laughs> that hundreds of flies being sucked up makes. Um, but that too is repressed, soon to be unlocked through Christina's music, I hope. After everything, my slowly growing portal to hell became what it always had been underneath. A circle of poop. Just a corner with a thousand little fly poops, like some sort of first draft comic book art. And everything was different. I don't think my fear like snapped off like that, but that's when it started to fade. Less witches, less ghosts. If anyone was going to mess up my soul, it was going to be me. It's funny how a little change in perspective make something terrifying into nothing at all. Perspective in a really strong vacuum. Thank you so much. <laughs> Perspective in a vacuum and a poop circle. Oh, Katie, that was so funny. Also, like, just uh, really uh, woke up my little uh, queer heart there of like, hmm, hmm. Little me watched that Christina Aguilera dirty video um, a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, like like a lot. Oh, man, so funny. Also, when you're 
phone went off or the alarm or whatever, but you were talking about the void and I was like, that's the void. The void is coming together. Uh, glad it wasn't the void coming for you. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, so we are super excited to be getting to do this on this lovely place called Bad Dog TV. Bad Dog Theater is this awesome institution that has been supporting all of us comedians uh, throughout this entire pandemic, kind of giving us a space to bring art to you at home. So uh, if you want to go ahead and send uh, any donations their way, it's a, as a taxable donation. I think if you said like $3, you get one of those fancy receipts and we just had tax time and hey, when you can write something off, that feels pretty nice. Uh, and up next, uh, we have a pretty great a uh, little treat, uh, an old roommate of mine, Nick McKinley has uh, shared, was gonna share one of their songs with us. Uh, Nick is an incredibly talented musician. Uh, I feel like this was written on a couch that we shared. Um, yeah, you can also uh, catch him as the drummer of the Fast Romantics. They've got a great band called Max, which you can totally check out on Bandcamp. Uh, here's Nick McKinley singing Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. Hey there, uh, my name is Nick McKinley. Um, yeah, I'm here live from my father's record room. Uh, I'm gonna play a song for you. This one's called uh, Wasted Days and Wasted Nights. It's a different song than the Freddie Fender song. It has the same name, but that's a good song too. Uh, but this song's not that song. It is my song. Anyways, it goes like this. Wasted days and wasted nights Have I found myself? Did I do alright? Flung far from the bodies of life Had to dance their calm into our lives We kept warm in the flame of the fight Yet we stayed our course and then capsized all our searches off and sang our last rites To the tune of the songs that kept us up all night Wasted days and wasted nights Have I found myself? Did I do alright? You broke free from the breaking in me That had chased us lost into a dream Scrub clean until it couldn't be seen Yeah, the world got bought and we didn't believe In the song we sought or the words we need In the frozen thoughts we knew we'd never redeem Wasted days and wasted nights Have I found myself? Did I do alright? Wasted days and wasted nights Have I found myself? Did I do alright? Did I do alright? Could I see what's right, right in front of me? I fall asleep I count the sheep I count the trees I'm so relieved just not to be Through the rivers I heard I'm of this earth I'm not these words 
Floated cold through the rivers I've heard I'm of this earth, I'm not these words Floated cold through the rivers I've heard I'm of this earth, I'm not these words Floated cold through the rivers I've heard I'm of this earth, I'm not these words I am these words, I am this earth I'm twisting turns Wasted days and wasted nights I'm I found myself, did I do alright? Wasted days and wasted nights, have I found myself, did I do alright? Wasted days and wasted nights, wasted days and wasted nights. Oh, buddy, so great! Uh, please give it up for Nick McKinley in the chat, and you can find him everywhere, all over Bandcamp. Also, uh, it's a drummer for the Fast Romantics, and they're gonna—they have an album coming out, and they're gonna do uh, like live album release. So look for that in August. Uh, so right, I think you can actually get tickets for it right now. Um, oh man, that song makes me think of—I uh, see Carson Pinch in the chat. So blue, which was. Um, at the time, we had this blue carousel that lived on top of our fridge. I'm not sure really where it came from, but it was the haunted liquor. Uh, and you always knew it was a, a wild night when you dipped into the blue caraca. Uh, anyway, uh, our next storyteller is uh, was a serious XM uh, stand-up comic top comic, sorry, stand-up comic, who is also serious XM top comic, uh, is an all-around great guy that uh, uh and you've seen him on tv in so many commercials and in so many different things but right now there is a td i think it's waterhouse td shout out to td uh commercial that he's in two commercials with his daughter she's in a big playhouse they like zoom all around his, his wife's there it's like you know the whole family is fam like famous um but uh please give it up in the chat for face so bot Hello. Hey, everyone. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm here live. I'm so nervous. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to be as tight as everyone you saw tonight. Um, you know when you have these, like, weird memories that, like, I don't know, you just, like, they're very vivid, and you have, like, no idea, like, what the backstory, the origin story is, even though it's completely you? Um, I've been having this, for the longest time, I would have this vision, and it's me, and I feel very, very, very small and low to the ground, and everything is far, 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 far away, and I'm tiny, and I just remember just, like, being really cheery and happy at my surroundings, and all of a sudden, I'm completely horrified because there's this big monster this big round like there's no face it's just this black hole and he's just puffed up and he's approaching me he's really scary and i and i freak out and i have this very and I, I, I just remember it so so very vividly i'm always going to say i'm going to say vividly a lot tonight um i'm at my parents house my mom found this slide projector and she's like it's gonna be great just boot up this old old technology we're in the kitchen, the whole family's there, and we're going through these slides. And uh, we're at Disney World, and there it's me, uh, 
with Mickey Mouse from Magic Mountain, I guess. And she, the next slide, and it's me, uh, little, uh, little baby Faisal. I'm in a stroller, uh, and with my sister and my mom, and some stranger must have taken this picture, uh, because right next to me uh, is an astronaut. He's kind of just sort of like, and it was just so, it came back to me, and I was like, stop, wait, mom, can you tell me what happened after this picture? And she's like, yeah, you, you lost your shit. Uh, the guy went to like, you know, go to cuddle you and you freaked out. And so, I mean, that was like 20 something years that I just like carried with me. Um, and also like, I never trusted uh, any astronauts that I, ever, that I ever met too. And that's probably why um, that wasn't my main story. My main story, what really feared me when I was a kid, um, started in elementary school i was on a bunch of sports team and we won and we were in front of the, the the entire elementary school in the gymnasium and it was for track and field and i was on the basketball team and we had won and so the principal was like well let's get all the athletes up and you know a round of applause for them and all all of the, the athletes are there and we're all in a row and i know what's going to happen he's going to make us say what's your names and I'm dreading this because now there's like 800 students. There's like about 24 kids before me and they're all going through their names. So it's like Carson Pinch. And I'm dreading this moment. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Neelu Handa. <sighs> okay, this is really going to happen. I'm just like prepping. Okay, all right. We're just going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And it just felt like an eternity. Sorry. Uh, Natalie Case. Okay, it's not gonna be that bad. But I'll just like blurt it out. Maybe I'll just like inhale or just be like, I'll whisper it. Aaron Burr. Okay, there's two more people. I'm gonna have to do this. I'm gonna have to do this. Monica Garita. Basil Butt. And the entire gymnasium just erupts. Uh, and they're laughing. And I get it, Faisal Butt is hilarious, but I'm like, what should have been a uh, a moment of glory is kind of mired by this. And I'm just like, and I just got to, I just remember doing this, just like, take it away. Uh, and then the next person, they kind of, but I always stuck with me. I'm like, that's always going to be funny. That's always going to be funny to people. And I need to like, one, not let this bother me. And I think that's like how I developed my sense of humor. Because what would end up happening is like in the next grade, from, from elementary school and high school, whenever it was like the first day of school and the teacher's like, here I am gonna take attendance, I would, I would be so quick to be able to uh, to anticipate. So it's like, uh, yeah, Aaron Burr, and I know that, but B-U, B-E-B-U, I'm next, so I'm anticipating. As soon as they're like, Faisal, I'm like, I'm right here. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> How's it going? I'm here. Cool, great. And so I was just like, I just developed these skills. And around grade six, um, Someone asked me about my last name, and I wasn't trying to be funny, and I just gave a natural, honest response, and everyone, everyone started laughing, and that became really, really uh, addictive, and I wouldn't tr end up trying stand-up until I was about 27 years old, and now I'll go, uh, my name is Faisal Butt, and it's like I've not advanced or nothing has changed uh, because immediately people will start laughing at that. Um, 
So my whole life has just been like this reset, just reset and just kind of just going through with the motions. Uh, but it it helped me and it developed something uh, that I didn't know I was passionate about and then I became passionate about. Um, and now here I am uh, and I'm in a great relationship and my, my girl was pregnant and she was an amazing woman. She's vegetarian. Uh, she was uh, she had a job. She was working at the distress center. She's seven months pregnant. And I was like, by the way, um, obviously this baby's going to take your last name. And I've never seen a pregnant woman um, do a backflip because that's kind of what it felt like. Because she's like, I didn't know how to bring this up to you. I was just so stressed and busy with other stuff. And I was like, yeah, of course. I'm not a monster. I'm well aware of what my last name is. And like, this is like Game of Thrones here. And, and House Butt ends here with me. This name is, this legacy is not going to go on. And so we decided that that baby was going to take uh, my girl's last name, uh, which is Fart House. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Jill. Thanks, everyone. You guys are phenomenal. Thanks for letting me do this. It was so nerve wracking. And I, I can't believe we got through this. Yeah, the, the classic family name of uh, fart, what, fart house, fart butt, fart house, uh, facial butt, everybody. Oh, that was, uh, oh my gosh, so funny. Uh, so awesome. This has been so much fun tonight. Thank you so much to all of the storytellers. Uh, Meha Mohammed. We had Katie Hammer. We had Faisal Butt. And a huge thank you to Nick McKinley for uh, sharing that incredible music with us. Listen, if you have any interest in being a storyteller, oh my goodness, uh, hit me up. Or if you're a musician and you think, hey, you want to have some music featured on the show, please also hit me up. Uh, we have an email address now, out of the dark uh, storytelling at gmail.com. What an official thing to have happen, you know? An email address. Not Hotmail, it's Gmail. Uh, I've been Jillian Welsh. Huge thank you again to Connor Lowe pulling all the strings and doing all of our tech. And a huge thank you to Bad Dog Comedy TV. If you like what you saw, please uh, tell all your friends to come join us. We'll be back next week with another theme uh, it's embarrassing stories next week and there are some doozies and if you didn't like this please tell your enemies and send them our way anyway your rich enemies thanks so much have a good night this podcast has been brought to you by the sonar network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.